Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 31 of the Mosby Learning Podcast. We are very happy to have you here. I'm happy to uh, introduce a new friend to the Mosby Airwaves here in just a moment. We are going to talk about a few different things, and I'm looking forward to, I would say, almost all of them. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Show notes for this can be found at mosby.ca slash 031. That's kind of the nice part about getting the .ca extension. Like There's almost all the options available. So it's nice and short for you. Uh, And if you have questions, you can always reach out to us. Whether we actually look at them or not, I can't say. That's more up to Adam, and he didn't even bother showing up to this episode. But uh, you can email us (laughs) us at uh, mosbylearning at gmail.com. My name, if you were curious, is Dan Hurt, and I'm uh, I'm dialed in here from Mississauga, Ontario. Uh, I am Eli Barant, calling in from the not-so-winter wonderland anymore of Michigan, where we have like a huge swing in temperatures over the last seven days or so, but not as big as uh, Texas, <laughs> which we have a friend from Texas. Hey, speaking of Texas, speaking of Texas... Yes, yes, this is Veronica Dominguez from San Antonio, Texas, and Winter Wonderland. We're still trying to decide if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's all context, right? It's like, yes. is it a good thing? Well, not in San Antonio, oh, no. Yeah. Oh. How's that How's that river walk these days? Yeah, it's pretty nice now, but, you know, a week ago it tried to kill us. <laughs> it's frozen over. <laughs> I bet. The river skate. Hey, uh, it was the river yeah. skate. That's right. It's like Quebec. It's like going down the St. Lawrence River. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Veronica Dominguez, welcome to uh, the Mosby Learning Podcast. Great to have you. Um, we we recently met in, in a more official format, and, um, and then I quickly realized that, oh, shit, no, I have – I've seen you online and on LinkedIn a number of places. So I'm um, happy to uh, happy to meet you in a more, um, I don't know, more casual setting, let's say. Yes, yes. Likewise, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. For sure. For sure. Well, we've got a few things to talk about today. Um, and you know what? The uh, I, And I've closed the show notes, for God's sakes. Uh, you can find them. You can, you can have them open. Depends on the player. You might be able to have it right in front of you. But uh, like I say, mosby.ca slash zero. Three one is where you can find these, and um, we'll we'll kind of cover all of our social media handles at the end. We'll include those in the show notes too. But I was poking around on LinkedIn the other day, and I am perpetually—I don't know. So we're also on Twitter. We'll tell you all about all that stuff. I mean, if if Twitter just happened to stop working one day, I wouldn't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, and given given the five people that we have on the most winning Twitter handle, no, <laughs> trust me. Hey. I don't, um, <laughs> uh, but I was wondering, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk uh, just after the new year, I suppose nobody's talking about diets anymore, but like social media diets, do, do either of you, maybe Veronica, I'll start with you. Do, do either of you though, like, do you kind of say, Hmm, maybe I'm not going to do so much of this, or maybe I need to try something, anything like that, Veronica, anything interesting, uh, social media choice wise for you? No, I'm actually kicking it into high gear. So one of the things I'm trying to do are a lot of social media challenges. I really want to stop and evaluate what am I posting? What's irrelevant of the content that I want to put out there? Yeah, that's a sensible thing to consider, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's when you say uh, like social media challenges, what would that be? Um, there's some that I've read. 
so you have different challenges where you can you know obtain more followers so like on an instagram like for me personally social media has a different personality depending what platform i use so instagram is my fit side it shows you know i do meal prep i work out um, you know, of course, it's been idle because I work remote now, so I don't really go to the gym in the pandemic. Um, but looking back on it, I'm like, well, I used to always be on it. I always used to tag stuff, tag different themes on it and meet new people that way. But now it's kind of dead because I haven't been working out. I haven't mm-hmm. been prepping. Um, so I really want to stop and look, OK, what, what is the purpose of having an Instagram account? You know, what I initially set it up for isn't necessarily what it's being used for. So that's one thing I want to stop and analyze. Do you guys do that? I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people do the social media challenges. Uh, well, so you, you've come to an interesting podcast, a, a podcast of irony, I think, because <laughs> <laughs> social media promotion is not necessarily our strongest suit. And I always just assumed that Instagram was for keeping track with uh, what's going on with Kim Kardashian. But I, I could be wrong <laughs> on that. Um <laughs> The uh, you you were mentioning a little bit before we started recording about Clubhouse. That is Clubhouse, right? That's the name of the yeah thing. Clubhouse. That's that's turning into a thing, isn't it? It's, it's, I think this is one of the first, like actually kind of successful audio only social media platforms. It certainly feels that way. Um, I, can you call it successful yet? It's so new yeah. that it's it's just new right now. Well, it it's is. Just yeah, new. it is. Like it can have a big opening okay. weekend and then crash. Well, it's it's new and it's big, and I guess I guess the overlap here is its audio format, much like this podcast is, and, and a lot of podcasts out there. So uh, I guess I guess it's it's going to somehow bump up against the podcasting thing. I know there's a couple of players out there that are talking about that a lot, but so. you can't record it, I guess, and it's not you. Can, you have to be live. You can't like you can't yeah. go and like listen to a, a, a program or something that happened like last night you got to either be there or you're not it's it's definitely yeah. not the from what i felt and the only thing i know about it is from tim dylan so that is not the best source <laughs> um <laughs> it's the funniest uh, source but it's not the best yeah, source no, he's good. He's um good. And, uh, and it just sounds like you know it and, and, and already there's people that are complaining that, hey, there's no way to monitor this thing. We got to shut it down because there's no written oh, record. Well, yeah. There's no audio record. So like uh, yeah. and and we can't live in a world where we can't to, like, track somebody's data and, and somehow commit right. them of some heinous crime. Uh, so they're already trying we to, need to say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah. We need more data. We need more data. And, I, um, and I'm just exhausted. Everything I know about Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can move on from Clubhouse to uh, to anything. Oh, do you do uh, uh, Mr. Brandt? Any uh, like, what's your social media diet look like? What do you what do you? Um. What okay. Do you do? So, I uh, I look at Instagram a lot more than I should. Um. Is this, is this, is this Kardashian-related viewing? or No, no Kardashians. <laughs> I, I find the Kardashians repulsive, and anyone like them, repulsive. Yeah. Um, you say but, that. you know, with my uh, my handle is for my business, for Great Lakes Fly. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of my diet is fishing stuff. Um, and, uh, and some of my things that 
that I like to distract myself with. Uh, big into yeah. Star Wars right now, kind of with my kids. So a lot of the stuff I look at is a lot of Star Wars content, a lot of Star Wars memes. Um, I see a lot of just comedy. I'm into comedians, a lot of comedians. Ah, Tim Dillon. I look, so I see a lot of comedy and things like that. I do not engage in a lot of posts, so I mean, it takes... Mm. I, I'll like posts, but I do not engage. I can't think... The last thing I want to do is get involved in a conversation with somebody online. I just... it's. I just don't need it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you're a lurker. Yeah. You're there for the the viewing aspect of it. You want yeah, to click I, and see. I, I don't – I have all the engagement I need in my texts, in my private conversations. I don't yeah. need to go out and seek uh, engagements with anyone else. You can, you can argue with people at home. You don't have to do it on the internet. I almost use Facebook now as like a Rolodex. Like I go and like look stuff up on Facebook. Yeah. That's the only way I use it. Oh, and wow. I have it for my business, but like I don't engage. I don't seek out anything. Like I go and like, oh, what is I remember so and so posted this picture. Let me go look that up. And then I like Yeah. I like Facebook that is like a yearbook me. for me. Right? Well, that's how it started I started out, yeah. <laughs> it might be very sane. <laughs> It might be the opposite yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still using your books. And I don't books. have That's Twitter. Time, I don't man. use Twitter. I don't like Twitter. Um, I think Twitter is uh, it, it. It's a communication style that leads to misunderstanding. So I just completely mm. avoid it. Yeah. Hey, here ah. we are in an audio format. Uh, let's understand Long each other. I think is what we're trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Long-form it's, conversations, it's where's that? About, uh, about tangent. <laughs> <laughs> is that, let's move on quickly. Um, we, we've got three articles to discuss, and then uh, and then maybe we'll do a little chit-chat, a little chin-wag, if you will, about uh, story-related things. Like, actually, just storytelling and story structure, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to see where it goes. We're going we're gonna to live in the moment for just a minute. We're going to fly without a net. Um, uh, one of the articles, Mr. Uh, Barant, do you want to start off with that uh, that uh, little, the little note there? The BMW one. Yeah, I know. So this yeah. is, um, I mean, what's our source here on this? Uh, what's our source? That's a good question. It's d- um, I don't remember WSPA.com, local news. Uh, okay. It tells us. Hey, so, yeah, BMW's building a new training center uh, to mm-hmm. replace a training center they already have. So it's not like they didn't have one before. They're replacing it, which is awesome. It's all about technical training for technicians for their vehicles, right? So BMW has sells itself on being a cut above the rest. Uh, so not your average auto technician. Uh who doesn't get enough credit, by the way, uh, gets the they have they need better training. So they have this uh, technical training ground. I'd be interested to see one of the things I didn't read in here that I think it'd be really cool to find out is what are they doing with the old building? Are they retrofitting it for more training? Are they selling it to another to a different company for to yeah. continue training? What are they doing with that? I think that'd be maybe very it's cool. like, v- like the technical VW is getting their cast offs. Yeah, because uh, no, technical training is huge, right? Like, yeah, you can't fix your own car anymore. They've made it that way. Yeah. So you want to make sure that the people who can fix your car are trained. I think so one think of the biggest big. things. 
I think well, it's big in in dollars. It's big in square footage. It's sixty seven thousand square feet for God's sakes. Um, and it's twenty million dollars isn't that much for a building though, and all the technology in it. Maybe for you, pal. Maybe for for (laughs) no, because because at first I was blown away by it too. I'm like, wow, twenty million dollars. But if you think about it, the building itself is going to be five to ten million dollars. And then all the technology that goes into it, maybe five million mm. to get everything mm. all done and set up. Do you think? And then, do you think they're going to have uh, Keurig machines in there? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like any good training just, setup, right? Yeah, and Keurigs. Uh, that actually, maybe, maybe they'll put a Starbucks in it. I was just that would say that. Yeah, I that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With some guy named Brent to take your order. Um, yeah. A cereal so, bar. Spell your name wrong every time. <laughs> you know, I always like, okay, I don't go to Starbucks very often, but I don't mind the coffee at all. And um, the uh, the oat fudge bars, they're all right. They are a little bit of all right. Uh, okay, so so here's what I was thinking. And the reason I, 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 I cherry-picked this particular article was I, I wanted to kind of pose to the, to the room here. What would you have to do to get a twenty million dollar investment to your training budget? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Make sure it has a cash printing machine. Mention the forty million first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You start at forty. Yeah. You say, well, there's forty, which is the top of the line. Yeah. That's the I'll Cadillac of the Start at percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean. There are companies that value training, and you can tell, right? Yeah. They sell training. I mean, this is this is big. BMW values training because they're actually like letting this news out there, mm-hmm. right? Oh, they're going to brag um, about this, though. I mean, right? Yeah. But there are other companies that they, and I've worked for a few of them, that like your trainers that you're that they are paying to make sure that their employees yeah. are more efficient and do the job right, stay in compliance, all those types of things. Find some free seminars to go to mm, <laughs> like, yeah. to, to get better at what you do. Like the, a lot of companies are hesitant to invest in, in training. And I've experienced this firsthand when, uh, when the extra money in a company begins to fizzle out, right? A company begins to perform not at a, at a level and starts to like kind of scramble for what they're doing. One of the first things they do is cut training. You know, I keep hearing this, and I I have heard this consistent. I'm I'm not saying you're full of shit, Eli. I'm not saying (laughs) that. I want to be clear. Done it before. (laughs) Well, so that that's just it. I I I I guess I have. You would think the opposite, right? Yeah. Well, you you would think that that people should be trained better. Yeah. So that's what you want to do, but no, they they get rid of it and they rely on managers to do the training. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I've seen that firsthand as well. Whoever is like the best in their field is the manager too. It's not so much that they're a great manager; it's just they were mm-hmm. the best at whatever they did. Yeah. So it's not a trainer; it's a SME that's doing exactly. the training. Exactly. Yeah, SMEs around the world, in corporate oh. SME. <laughs> Some people call them the SMEs. Yeah, for sure. Um, the man, there was a there. What? Why the hell? I had made a comments. Oh boy, I didn't want to get into it. This was on LinkedIn, which. Half the time, I've got like a foot in LinkedIn and then a foot just firmly out the door or on the power button being like, I am done with this collection of We didn't talk about social media LinkedIn and me. No. Yeah. What did you do? What did you do? 
Nothing. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't even have my current position there. I've been there for eight years. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it was it two weeks ago? I'm like, hey, man, you might want to update your headline. God. <laughs> I did, though, and then it reverted what back. I know you I at least that. updated it to my current you position. Um, but I got into a little, a little, uh, back and forth with somebody and they had, uh, oh, uh, this was, there's somebody else that commented on this, but they said, uh, I'm going to get the quote kind of right. I want to get the spirit of it right. At least that, you know, they've, they've honed their, their L and D craft, but they would admit quietly in some rooms that they came to it as a subject matter expert. And I thought, well, why that? Who who cares? What it's not like you're a, a hooker that you know is is all of a sudden become a school teacher and you're trying to hide this terrible dark past. Like you found your way to to a calling that came from a very normal place. It's just it was a weird weird approach, and that's one of the reasons I really question some of the thought leaders out there. I don't understand the thoughts that they're trying to lead with. Um, all right, the. Uh, well, hookers yeah. don't exist anymore. It's only fans now. <laughs> only fans. <laughs> I bet if you tried hard enough, you'd find some somewhere. Uh, yeah, Texas is pretty much open, anyways, right? So there's there's bound to be some somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. But we're not talking about learning. Should we move on? Is there anything else to talk about with this BMW article? Um, I I mean, it's good for. South Carolina sure is. I, know, I really, I really wonder. Of South Carolina. I really wonder what sort of value prop that you have to bring and the focus that you need to need to bring to this. Like, what is the promise that you say? You know what? I can do this if you give me twenty million dollars. You know, like it's it's got to be significant. And I don't know. I guess it has to be. Um, you have to have the confidence of a confidence man to uh, to pull this off. But uh, but you want to back it up, I suppose. Well, it also right. brings reputation to their brand. So what car company can say that they've invested that much in training? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So, so definitely. Um, I mean, there used to be the sales. They used to sell the brand. They still do a little bit like um, like whatever. I forgot the name, like Mopar. Like for FCA now, mm -hmm. which I've just started to be able to say, be able to call it FCA instead of uh, Chrysler or Dodge or whatever. Yeah, um, still call it Chrysler Dodge. Dude. And then there's uh, <laughs> there's another one for they they market that they're they're the the mechanic brand of uh, auto auto company, right? So I know there's one for Ford. I just can't think of it at the moment. And there's one for GM too. Like, but I know Mopar is with. Uh, is with FCA, but for BMW, I mean, it just, it, you know, the name stands on its own mm -hmm. and you know that, that that's the place you're going to go for mm -hmm. your, your, if you've got a BMW, you take it to the dealer. You don't, yeah, you don't go to, uh, you Facebook. know, I think, there, I, I think there's <laughs> something, else. I think there's something to be said about, you, you kind of mentioned, you know, go attend some free webinars and you're always there. There's, there seems to be two approaches to to learning in a lot of a lot of places. And one of them is like, yes, let's let's heavily invest. Let's get these uh, guys and gals the things that they need to do their job. And then the other approach is well, you just you need eight hours of learning this year. I, I, I hate the you need eight hours of learning approach. It's just and it's the dumbest thing. I last one. Yep. 
like the compliance yeah, training I, compliance I training is like you need uh you know 15 hours of of training on on regulate banking regulations or whatever but yeah. a lot of times yeah. you you look at these training situations if if your trainers and your leadership in, in your training and development area of your company is good don't trip over dollars to pick up pennies right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you know they're trying to save pennies so much and, and hang on to what they have. They don't see that, hey, if we train our staff better, we'll either save more money by being more efficient or make more money by being more efficient. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know. All right. Let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. Article number two. And um, so this one comes from us to uh, this is a this is a Canadian news organization, Global News. Uh, I didn't know where you were going with this one. You didn't know where I was going with it? <laughs> On this train and this article, I read this. I'm like, this is from like the local, like Essex, Ontario, like, yeah, uh, community so, paper that they so put out what? every two weeks. What is this? <laughs> what, what about it? It's global news. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, it global is not news global. <laughs> from a local Canadian perspective. Uh, so this one is uh, military personnel training in Exeter, Middlesex Center, Ontario this weekend. So it's really just a heads up that there's going to be um, kind of some military activities, but it's just training sort of activities like winter training activities in the area. I thought it was interesting that they only uh, uh, the activities will take place during daylight hours between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m., yeah. Which is, I guess, and approach them cautiously. <laughs> well, obviously, I saw that too. Yeah, approaching these people. I see some full military garb. I'm gonna approach them. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm gonna be cautious. I'm gonna be cautious. Relax. Um, <laughs> it's Canadian. It's inherent. So, well, so here's here's kind of an interesting situation, though. So my brother-in-law um, and my sister, they're both in the reserves. Uh, he was uh, a little bit more into him than she was though and you know i got to hear occasionally on the the outings that they would go on for these winter excursions and really essentially what this is it's it's not real i wouldn't call this war games because who knows what they're actually trying to do but it might be just trying to you know weather test their um their their troops and kind of put them through the paces a little bit and this would be essentially a simulation right this yeah. is this is a simulation where they're going through the paces, they're putting on the clothes, they're they're carrying the backpacks, and they're they're marching through you know eighteen inches of ice uh, and snow. But here it would be forty five centimeters. Um, so, so that's all. Just I wanted to bring up the concept of simulations. This was a really good example of that. And I, you know, it is just down the road. It's about an hour and a half away from where I am right now. So I thought that was neat. That's all. Eli, you sound exhausted. You you sound like you are just already <laughs> no, exhausted know, so, with this story. No, like, so you said simulation, right? Yeah. And if it's a real simulation, you, they're unarmed. The, well, you, they said there was going to be no shots fired. I, I don't know if they're unarmed. I don't know. No, I said they, <clears> they, they wouldn't have any ammunition on them is what they said. Uh, no firing of any ammunition will no take firing. place. So they may so have it. You... They're just not firing it. Maybe. Yeah, I, just, I, I, just like, I was like, I don't know. It was like, if you're going to do it, do it. And I'm not saying like take over the town, but go somewhere where there's nobody there and do what you need to do. Well, that's, that's half Canada. of Ontario, dude. There's yeah. so much yeah. space. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, so They the... could go out in the middle of a frozen lake. I think 
I think the area that they're in is going to be probably sparsely populated, but we do have a couple uh, a couple bases in the area that, um, you know, that these these things happen and they kind of just do field exercises, literally in fields. So it uh, it's just they, they do what they can. There's plenty of them. Yeah, it's Maybe the Canadian have military. What do you want from us? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, are they man. are they on horses? <laughs> no, it's uh, caribou. caribou. Um, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if if there was an army that marched into town on caribou? I would take them seriously. Salute and everything. I'd be, I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh, look, the Gungan army's here." <laughs> uh, okay, so that brings us to our third article. Which <laughs> is that? A, that's I got a Star me. Wars I sunk myself. I that's sunk a, myself. Okay. Yes, Jar Jar Binks was a gun, was a Gungan. Yeah, <laughs> and we all know how popular he was. Oh man. So we, uh, I don't know if I told you, uh, Veronica, I know I didn't tell you, but over kind of over the Christmas season, let's say, <clears throat> I guess let's make this a little more open over the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and uh, me and my wife watched all the Star Wars movies, all of them. And Jar Jar Binks is um, chronological like more order? or less oh, okay. there were there was a couple there was a couple that we had to kind of like put out of order like solo uh mm-hmm. which we left until the end because it, well i haven't seen that one yet it was it was rated so poorly right maybe we'll have to talk about that but mm-hmm. um it was it, what was it the first star wars movie that ever lost money i think it had that uh claim to mm-hmm. fame not a, not a great uh not a great um, tagline there but it wasn't awful like it was fine, the um, but Jar Jar Binks still terrible, just is still an awful, awful character. He's so much more tolerable in the movies than he is in the Clone Wars show, though. The Clone Wars show, I want to like, I have to force myself. The show is so good, yeah, and I have to force myself to watch the episodes of them because he's so bad. <laughs> uh, like I'm like, right. I just got to get through this because there's something I'm gonna need for the next for this season from that's going to happen in this episode. So I have to kind of just muddle through it with him. Um, and then you get to an episode with all the clones and you're like, yes, <laughs> man, you are really into it these days. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Dude, the clone wars is spectacular. It's pretty good. Like that yeah. flew under the radar for star Wars fans. It is yeah. awesome. No, it is pretty good. Veronica, are you a, are you a star Wars uh, fan? Um, I'm going to say yes. So that my family doesn't kill me. <laughs> no, it's, it's a safe play. That's a safe yeah. play. You can't go wrong with that. There's a big like following in my family, but I personally have not seen all the movies. I've seen some of them enough to know the characters, um, enough to know like what's going on. But I would like to see them all. Like how you had a movie marathon. That's something that is on my list. It was like a month and a half. This this was this was an effort. Yeah, it's, yeah. My wife has zero interest. Oh, <laughs> zero. <laughs> Like if we put it, if me and the kids put a movie on, she walks, she like leaves the room. She's like, I'm going to go watch something in my other room. I'm like, it's, okay. It might be like selective narcolepsy. Like she just out. She's currently, I know I'm just totally side railing this. Her show of choice right now is this like British ER show, EMT show. Oh, where it follows around like British EMTs and she's fascinated with like the, the way that London is set up and how long it takes. Like it takes like a, like two hours for an ambulance. If you call an ambulance, like <gasps> it's like five blocks away. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Did she get those? Uh, it's not selling nationalized medicine very well. Did she get those <laughs> London taxi drivers to do it? Those, uh, yeah. they know their way around. <laughs> Is that on Netflix or Hulu? Um, I want to say it's on Netflix. I think she's burned through all the episodes that are on Netflix, and now she's watching them on YouTube. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> the commentaries. <laughs> Yep. Hey, uh, since I mentioned, uh, I just a little, so speaking of social media, I did a little social media post before this saying that we were uh, going to get together and record a podcast. And I did mention uh, learning styles um, <laughs> for good reason. Uh, yeah, literally just to get the attention that uh, learning styles garners you. Because if you bring up learning styles, you automatically just start a flame war. Wow. Um, and you don't really you need do. to. Yeah, no, you do. And I, actually, I did watch... Um, this, I don't know. We talked about that last episode of Adam, I think. We did. Well, it's still the the, the war is still aflame. So uh, there was uh, Tim um, Tim Slade. Put are they out, doing? Are they doing uh, uh, drills for that with the, the Canadian Army is practicing for? Yeah, it's it's part part of the war games. Yeah, the the flame war games of the <laughs> learning styles saga. Um, you guys thought 2020 was bad. We barely talked about learning styles in 2020. 2021 is going to be a hot mess just because of learning styles but uh yeah tim dylan no no other tim tim, tim slade. slade yeah tim slade. Tim let's talk about tim dylan <laughs> um tim slade talked uh, put a little video out about learning styles and there was a couple things that he actually uh, put in there where the hell uh, i had sent um <clears throat> i had mentioned earlier in, in this uh, episode that adam uh totally didn't just show up today but he, he it was planned that way um, he and I are on a break. <laughs> no, um, he just, he, he had things come up, but, uh, there was a line that, uh, that Tim had in there where he was talking about it. He said, so the, the, just was like, okay, it's a thing. They're not really real. So why does it persist? And his phrase was, it's oh, yeah. easy to assign blanket assumptions onto our learners based on these arbitrary ideas. And, I know he was talking about learning styles, but I think that that is actually a uh, wisdom-packed statement that needs careful examination across all of L&D. Um, I don't know that anybody would actually do it, but if you said, mm, should we avoid blanket assumptions? Mm, I think some people would agree, but I don't think all of them would, and that's a dangerous place to be. Um so anyways, so learning styles, why am I bringing up learning styles? Also, one of the things that uh, that he mentioned, which everybody else that mentions learning styles says is train to the task. Don't train based on what the people say their preferred method is. And, you know, we're, we were just talking about that entirely useless article about military uh, uh, simulations, but you certainly can't gain the experience from hearing about a military simulation or watching a military simulation as you can when you go on a military simulation because it's supposed to you know basically make you go through the motions of the thing itself the, the thing itself um so so that's I, I don't know i guess i just wanted to use that as an idea to come back no into, I, I think that's that's really relevant yeah. i think you know, when you talk about um, like baseball, for example, like a pitching machine, a pitching machine is not the same thing as facing a major league pitcher. No, but it helps you get ready for that. Yeah. And, you know, as much as you so, I mean, there is drilling and doing the act itself are 
uh, important in making sure that you can do it. It's better than just watching it. You're actually doing it. You're actually using the either the muscle memory or the physical memory. If you're talking about the things that we're talking about with BMW, where they're physically yeah. uh, working on things, and you know it, it, that helps out a lot. Um, you know, I chuckle at the the military training thing more about the article itself than what they're actually doing because it was uh, just this little blurb from a. Like, like I said, a community newspaper, it looks like <laughs> um, a high school newspaper. <laughs> no, it was global news. I mean, that might, be, that, might, that, might, that might be what the Toronto Sun is. The Toronto Sun is just a community newspaper. So uh, I don't even know if the Toronto Sun's a real thing. It um, is. And a lot of people don't like it. It's it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a rag. <laughs> Yeah, it's a rag. It, no, it kind of is. It's just 95, like ninety five percent of all of all stuff falls into that category these days. Anyways, it's just strategy. But, Actually, yeah, it's, um, it's Twitter just in a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but like it's important to actually have them do the motions. Um, and, and the one thing I was more about the ammunition is even having um, training ammunition as opposed to live rounds is helps right where you're actually cycling the things through your yeah. your weapon or cycling uh using the actual equipment that you would be using in live drilling or, or a live situation is all going to help you out and i think that's where you know that last article about the vr um that's where vr the the hype around vr is the article about the, the, that or the i don't even know if you call an article uh was extremely vague and even when they cited specific examples they were not specific examples yeah <laughs> in the article like this says so-and-so company uses it for this you didn't even tell me what this is <laughs> it was <laughs> the, you know, there's a lot of hype behind vr and um i just don't know if there's any weight behind it yet i don't know if i i think the theory of it is good and but I just don't know if there's like a companies have taken that, you know, are they waiting for free VR? Free <laughs> VR. Just, just take a free VR course for God's sake. Yeah. Imagine it. Just imagine you're in training. Just yeah. do that. Shut up and study. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because um, it, it gets talked a lot, but there's not a lot, of, there's not a lot, a lot of like, extremely specific examples of it being used well um, and i think with the learning style thing is a lot is very similar to um the disc personality trait method thing oh, where somebody takes on. like a two-hour course course <gasps> no somebody takes like a two-hour course and they think they can diagnose everybody into where yeah. they're at yeah right yeah well that's like and that's i like think intro this learning style thing is, is yeah that is right yeah. but i think yeah. Well, not okay. Hang on. Not, not the intro um, to the show psych, but like intro to psych, so, an intro to psychology course. You take your two, your first skills, two classes, yeah. yeah, and you feel like you're a real pro. Now, but okay. if you if you take the deeper dive on that, is the person that developed that and the learning styles thing, is it just all a ruse to get them to believe in it to see things to see just a few, the first thread right, and you start to pull it and you think it's all coming, and you're like, oh, I get it now. You know, like you're a uh, uh, dominant, you're uh, this, or you're uh, you you learn this way, or you learn this way. So I'm going to classify it without really knowing who those people are. Yeah, it's just a, like yeah. I, I think it, it. I don't know. I well, I need to be sold more. Okay, so so oh, well, okay, Veronica, I mean, in the wrong hands. What in the wrong hands is uh, a lot. Most people. Thank you, Peter Parker. 
So the um, before we get too far, uh, Veronica, I'd like to uh, get your thoughts on uh, any reaction, any particular bits of bullshit you want to point out that Eli mentioned just then or, or anything. What, what are your thoughts? I think what's key about what he said is he didn't really understand where they came about. And I think they're ideologies that are coping mechanisms. Because when you go back to Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences, he was just establishing that people have the potential to be intelligent at different levels. And I think a lot of people interpreted that as, I can only have one, and that's it. And that's basically what they tell you either in school or maybe college or your work environment. And they tell you, well, this is what you are. This is how you learn. This is what you need to be successful. When really the multiple intelligence theory is just saying there's different levels and different ways that you can be intelligent. This is how you can upskill and, and basically enhance yourself. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I like to apologize. Normally I try to vet my co-hosts better. I don't like to get the smart ones on, but... Oh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna sit quietly in the corner now. <laughs> well, I had a I had a college professor who was all about Gardner, and I remember fighting with her in class because I didn't understand what she was talking about. And she had us take this test, and we basically had to answer a set of questions and highlight a bar graph, and it would tell us which one was our dominant skill or intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I evened out across the board. And I'm like, well, what does this mean for me? Because I was somebody that I, I like those self-diagnosis stuff. I gravitate towards that. And I'm like, oh, you know, in Myers-Briggs, this is what I am. And, you know, I'll, I'll mm. just jump down a rabbit hole. But when I took that test, I was like, what do you mean I'm across the board? That means that I don't have, like, one specialty. And then I kind of had, like, you know, a little identity confusion because I'm like, I'm not good at anything. I'm too well-rounded. Because <laughs> you're in college. You know, you're still trying to figure out who yeah, you are. First semester <laughs> crisis. Yeah, for real. <laughs> What's my life's purpose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think I think a lot of these things, I want to go back to the, uh, I want to push back on that disc criticism um and and i think i didn't i didn't say it was criticism i said well i guess it was a criticism about it because most people touch the surface of it and think they know all of it yeah oh yeah. fair enough fair enough yeah. that's so, my main criticism of it it's the same thing like somebody takes the you know one site class and they talk about two things like they think they can diagnose everybody like it's yeah yeah like there may be something to it but you know, somebody who took a three-hour class, uh, you only took, you know, it, you didn't get very deep into it in three hours. Yeah. Well, it's better than a four-minute YouTube video, but it's not great. Um, mm -hmm. So, I, and actually, the reason I want to focus on disc for a second is because there was somebody, it's just somebody, I don't, I, I think I remember the name, but I don't want to say it without vetting it. And it's not, the point isn't that individual. The point is that the comment was- Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> this is, um, uh, they had mentioned in the same breath, th they disparaged learning styles. Fine. Everybody wants to kick on, kick that right now. Okay. I get that. That's fine. It's all, it's all make believe, even though somebody might like to listen to audiobooks versus reading. Okay. That's fine though. I'm not going to take issue with that. We already talked about that, but in the same breath of, of kind of disparaging learning styles, they, they, they grouped in disc with that. 
And I thought, well, hang on. They might have even brought in Myers-Briggs as well as as being, you know, is it pseudoscientific? I think was the gist of it. I think that's where they were getting at. But the problem is when you have something that kind of works, and I guess I've been focusing on this phrase directionally accurate lately, but if you can take these concepts and at least kind of apply them without, without putting too much emphasis on their importance and without applying them as like the the rigid rules, there's still value in these things, even if there may be more of a lore base to them. Like I remember when I was doing a a disc course or there was a disc element to a, a sales course that I was doing before. And, you know, we talk about the history, where it came from. And then even before that, there always seems to be these quadrant personality concepts where it's like, eh, it's just a, I don't know why there's always four, but there's always four, uh, or at least in a lot of them. There. But I was actually reading this book. I'm, I'm not quite done it yet. It's called, I think it's called Hacking Human or Human Hacking, something like that. But it's written by a guy named Chris Hadnagy. And he is, um, he is like a, security specialist he is uh he's written a couple books on the topic of uh, generally speaking social engineering and for all intents and purposes being a con man uh because that's what he does as a professional job he tries to con his way into uh secure locations uh, at the behest of the company that owns the location to try to test their security and to identify the flaws so he is a professional con man and he mentions and like he basically starts the book with <clears throat> it's it's a very abbreviated primer of disc, but the he just gives you about two pages and he's like, here's the gist. You go learn more, but here's kind of the gist because he needs to use it as a framework. And he actually uses that a lot in his craft when he goes in and works with people. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's 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 babies in bathwater and we're starting to push back on stuff that maybe we need to question more and look at stuff more before we just start throwing all sorts of shit out. Um, I I would bet that guy knows the personality types incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. But somebody who takes a three hour class and thinks they know them all incredibly well are two different things. Sure. That's, and there's more of the latter than there is the former. Yeah. If I use that right, I usually screw that one up. (laughs) And the separation of it all is, that when he's analyzing somebody, he's looking at what communication style they have, not how they're learning. I think that's the big difference is the learning styles is this learning experience is catered towards visual learners. And then you only have like slides, (laughs) but it's like, that's not, that's not going to mean they're going to get what you're talking about. (laughs) There's actually Um, um, a learning style challenge too. So there's that one where <laughs> oh, okay okay yes and I you you were going you tried to tell me and I shut you down hard before because I said <laughs> save it for the podcast damn it um what the hell is this learning styles challenge so it basically is um you get five thousand dollars if you can prove that learning styles is real like it's a real way of learning and catering to people's learning style. And it's, I think it's like consists of five people who put a thousand dollars in. Um, it's like Guy Wallace, I know is one of them. Um, who? Sorry. Guy Wallace. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's I have to find. I think I have the bookmark somewhere, and I'll share it with you guys. But you basically just have to establish that it's real, yeah, and you get five thousand dollars. 
It's like the amazing Randy. The, um, do you guys remember the rate? Did you guys know the amazing Randy? No. Is this just me? Well, so I think it's just, I know of a different Randy. But. <laughs> different, different guy. I think. Um, yeah. So the amazing okay. Randy, he was a, uh, just real quick. <clears throat> the amazing Randy was a, uh, he just passed away a couple years ago. I think last year actually, but he was, uh, he was a magician who very openly, uh, said, I do magic. This is all fake. Oh, kind of like oh. Penn and Teller in, in the sense that they, they tell you upfront, they say it's fake. It's all bullshit. And I'm still going to trick you. Um, so he was very, very clear on that. And he couldn't stand the psychics that were out there that were using like these uh, kinetic sort of manipulation of their environment, all that garbage. Um, and so he hosted a number of things. I think he actually had a show where he was, he just kept bringing people on and busting them. Or there was a number of shows you can check out YouTube clips of the amazing Randy busting uh, ridiculous psychics. But it was the same idea, like prove it's real, and we'll give you, you know, it's like the Arthur Grant, uh, the, like a million dollars, or something stupid. But uh, but nobody could, nobody could. And I have a feeling that Guy Wallace has that same level of confidence with regards to learning styles, although yeah. his beard is not nearly as cool. Grant, what's <laughs> so the deal? I just have like. <laughs> There are some things, though, right, that learning styles have zero of, like, you can't cater to learning styles, right? Yeah. yeah Go on. Like, driving. like BMW, like, how to fix a car, right? You only do it. Well, you can't cater that to different learning styles. Because the job is to get your hands on it and do it. You yeah. know what's interesting? Uh, well, I guess you guys decided this is interesting, but it did just remind me that the very first piece of voiceover that I ever, ever did was I was in high school and our English class was basically we got to go to the University of Windsor, huzzah, my alma mater eventually, um, to record. This was actually a Ford manual for something, but there were characters involved in it. Um, and maybe, you know what, maybe we don't actually get a chance to get into this VR article unless you, there's something specific you guys want to jump to. But there was, um, uh, it, I, I can't remember all the particular details, but I remember that um, we were trying to walk through this manual with story elements, but mm. it was like a technical sort of manual. Um, I don't think it went anywhere. And I have a feeling that's why a bunch of grade 10 students were doing it. But yeah, I think there's there's some things that you can't just train based on preferences. It's like you got to do the thing you got to do. You're not going to run a marathon just by listening to shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, anything, uh, anything in this article about VR stuff? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Please. Oh, no. Unless it's like a motivational video. <laughs> that's how you get through running. Yes. <laughs> well, so that's maybe that's like Zombies Run. Did you guys you guys ever experience that Zombies Run app? No. But I've heard about it. No? Oh, it was really cool. So, I, yeah, I used it for a minute there as I was trying to get my ass off the couch. And what it does is it basically kind of tells a story. It's like you're listening to – you are a person. Uh, po it's, a, it's a dystopian sort of scenario. And you're basically listening to a story that's interspersed with songs so you can kind of upload your playlist to it. But mm -hmm. then in between songs, they come in and they, like, talk to you on your radio – as you're like a person that's a scout out in the area and they kind of, Oh no, there's, Oh, then there's zombies coming. And then, and then you run away from it. So you try to pick up your pace and you run faster. That was actually a lot of fun. Um, Cause it was kind of a cool story too. It, it was, I mean, it I mean, was a fun story. Of, that's kind of virtual reality. 
without the, got without the goggles. Uh, Audio reality. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, okay, so speaking of segues, we do have this article. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything that you guys <laughs> wanted to talk about on this uh, this article that was specific, uh, Mr. Barant? You already said it's kind of vague, and I think it's really. It seems like. With articles about L&D, so there's the, the the silly ones that we pull that are about BMW training facilities that don't really talk about stuff. Then there's the academic white papers, and we don't do those here, um, you know, unless we bring someone like Veronica in. Um, and, and then there's kind of these in-between articles that are really just Read like a commercial. By- they're they're just written by people that have a consulting business that want to sell their services, which is fine. You know, you got to sell your services somehow. But um, yeah, it's it's a little bit vague. And the one thing that's in here, so maybe this does dovetail with our larger, uh, our our potentially uh, final topic we'll talk about, which is kind of the stories uh, story piece of it. But there's one line in here that it says. And the article I should clarify is called uh, How VR Training Can Supercharge Your Employees' Skills, which is, I mean, that's a pitch if I ever heard one. And this is from BuiltIn.com, which I can't say I've really heard of before, but I I don't know much about them. Written by Ricky Holm, uh, former NASCAR driver, I think. But uh, at least he is the founder of Chocolate Milk and Donuts. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I like that it's blue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is, is, that, is that Ricky? I, I might have had it confused. I don't know. But uh, there is a quote that's in here, or at least a line from the article. Where it says, when properly designed, users believe what they are seeing and doing is actually real. And so initially I underlined and highlighted and I wanted to just beat the hell out of that particular line. But then there's a line that comes up later on that says, simply put, what was under the header, why, why is VR training, or no, why VR training is so powerful? Simply put, VR training is effective because it tricks the user's brain into believing that what they're experiencing is real, which, you know, kind of. I'm going to say kind of. Um, it's as real as, you know, when you tell a story around the campfire and you shout, boo, everybody jumps. <laughs> it's that, it's that same level of real, you know, I don't know. Now, uh, Veronica, you are hot off the, uh, uh, hot off the press of a, uh, an augmented uh, reality course tonight, right? Yeah. It's, I'm taking the advanced AR class that we have at e-learning launch with Betty and Destry. Do you, so do you guys, um, does, does VR come up much in there or is it mostly, uh, ex- or is it exclusively AR? Well, mixed uh, reality came up, so MR, and I'm not sure if that means that they're going to be introducing VR. Um, tonight we only kind of jumped into the basics of it because we just started the class. Okay. Um, but I was looking at some of the samples that Destry was sharing, and one of them was really cool. You would zap the code. And it looked like you were in the lobby of a hotel. And mm-hmm. the instructions at the bottom of it were you had to basically find what was out of compliance in the lobby of the hotel. So, like, if you're doing OSHA training and your job is to go and inspect um, uh, just compliance regulations that hotels have, you can use the simulated training to spot out what that would be. And it's interactive in a sense that if you get it right, it pops up and tells you information. Or if you get it wrong, it tells you what to look for. Which, if you put somebody in a real live uh, lobby, 
that interaction wouldn't be there because it would just be them kind of bumbling around into the hallway and saying, is this it? I don't know. And then asking the trainers that's there <laughs> yeah. on spot. So I can see the advantages like, of it. <laughs> it's like an escape room where nothing works. Yeah. You, just, you, you keep, you keep opening drawers and shit. And nothing's happening. You're like, I don't, I don't, you're looking around. I don't know. <laughs> is this a drawer? Is the drawer broken? I don't know. Um, yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be something. I remember that, uh, that particular engagement. It's a pretty cool one. You know, it, it is cool. Um, there's, I think I think VR and I'm still I'm still pro in, in, in as as a tool generally. Yes, it's a tool. VR, AR, obviously a tool. And I've kind of talked about my conversion a little bit as to, to why I think they're more valuable than at least I thought they initially were. Um, but I still think they need to be kind of couched appropriately, like we just talked about um, that military training exercise simulation. He, and I think there's probably some things you could do, military mm-hmm. stuff that might be too expensive to replicate in the real world. But then there's really who wants to be next to the guy that was trained with video games as opposed to that was actually trained with real stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's the combination, right? Like kind of going back to if it has an application, yeah. you treat it like a pitching machine in baseball. Right. Reps. It's not the same thing. Yeah. It's reps. Yeah. It's it's getting used to using and doing the, the job, but it's not the job, right? You can't conflate it. It can't, it's, it's, it's part of the training It's not the training. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Just like training someone to, to fly the new 747 shouldn't be done. <laughs> is, that, is that a Boeing just plane? A, is that a, a Boeing? iPad course. It's Boeing, a Boeing, a, yeah, it's a Boeing. You know, oh, we got this new plane. That's, <laughs> These pilots are good. Just give them a couple tablet courses and they'll be good. Yeah, cr- a couple of crashes later, maybe we should revisit that. <laughs> this is your captain. I'm just finishing up my iPad training. Sit tight, folks. We'll get the peanuts going around. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we just flip through these and just hit the, hit the hit the forward button when yeah. uh, when it gets to the next slide. <laughs> just try. You know, I'll, I'll like, yeah. fly the plane. <laughs> yeah, just 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 hands it to some kid in the front row as he's going through. Hey, I'm, 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 can you do this for I, me while I'm uh, just just whatever the button comes up, just hit the arrow. I yeah. need minimum eight hours this year, so if you can help yeah. me out, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm Boeing Supermax. <laughs> um, you know, so the uh, that uh, that analogy, the campfire thing, I think that actually kind of tracks as to some of the value because they do mention soft skill training how there's an emotional impact and, and, and the idea that you kind of trick your brain into these things. So my wife handed me a phone. Uh, she handed me her phone. In fact, my sister had sent my wife a, uh, a video and I think it was a TikTok video. I don't even know. And my sister doesn't have TikTok. She got it from a friend. I don't have TikTok. I never saw this video before. My, my wife just hands me the phone and says, your sister wants you to watch this. Okay, fine. It's a couple dudes. It's um, the, uh, they're, they're not speaking English, so I don't really know what they're saying, but it's it's obvious. They're just kind of goofing with um, or, or they're doing like some sort of demonstration with masks like uh, for for, you know, for the, the fun masks we get to wear all the time right now. So they they open and I'm watching the screen, you know, and um, the guy, maybe I can save you guys uh, a little 
adrenal jolt coming up here. So the, the guy cuts the end off a mask and they open it up and they pull something out like a little filter thing. And they're like, Oh, that's weird. Right. Um, and then they pull over a different mask and the guy, the, the uh, other, one of the two guys does the same thing. He cuts the end off it and they, the, your, your camera, you're looking, it's looking right down into the mask thing. And you see these little, these little legs start to appear. And then there's a big spider that jumps at the camera and it <laughs> scared the shit out of me. I yelled and uh, I had, I had a knot in my stomach for 20 minutes because of this goddamn video. Um, (laughs) But I guess that goes to the credit of virtual reality where it can, and that wasn't virtuality. um, That was just, you know, uh, that was a a cheap, a cheap manipulation of my feelings by this goddamn TikTok (laughs) video. But, you can have a massive emotional impact and you can really resonate with people. And it seems like that's another, uh, another major benefit of um, VR for when it comes to selling soft skills and and trying to uh, get empathy out of folks. That's, that's kind of one of the other things I got out of the article. Um, That makes sense. It reminds me of those VR video games. Like if you're scared of it, you, you're like reaction will be fear-based, but if you're not, then you're, you're not phased by it. Like, I don't know if you've yeah. done any of the VR video games where you have stuff chasing after you. And some people yeah. are so chill as they go through the, the challenge and then other people are freaking out. So it yeah. just depends on what you perceive about it. Well, some people are dead inside, Veronica. <laughs> 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 um, now, so one of the other ways that I think it is... Um, and I've heard in a lot of places that you should try to have some sort of emotional impact. You should try to make an emotional connection with trainees to make the material more memorable, more impactful, and all those sort of things. And one of those, of course, is adding stories to them. And, um, you know, Veronica, when when uh, we we kind of talked about uh, you, you joining us on a Mosby Learning Podcast. And if you're looking for this one, if you're just hearing it, but you want to see the articles that we linked to for some reason, mosby.ca slash zero three one is where you can get these um did you just did you just put a link in the chat oh that's the learning styles challenge i wasn't watching yeah Yeah. okay there it is there it is wow guy wallace is there civ oh boy uh civa salem oh boy oh from the tiagi group okay the tiagi guy uh yeah there's a few Uh, will will uh why can i not say anybody's name in lnd they can't be done Yes. Okay. All right. You had mentioned when we first kind of started talking about uh, good topics to discuss, you had mentioned that you had recently gone through uh, Rance Green, very pronounceable name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, his his story, well, what was it that you went through? It's the storytelling tour. And basically he did an author book, like an author storytelling book where he was pairing up with Beyond. And Beyond Animation was allowing you to use their programs to create the story that Rance was going through on his book. So he has hmm. the instructional story design, which it's a very detailed book that tells you basically how to create stories and make them impactful for learning experiences. Um, and this was one of the first like instructional design books that I've like learned to read up front. I haven't read very much out there. And being new and joining the, the field, I was like, oh, this is what I have to learn. I have to learn how to be a master at this. And when you read the book, you're it's very fascinating to me at least because stories are everywhere. Everything from our ancestry, that's how we learned our knowledge of what happened in the past, 
all the way to TED Talks. So if you watch YouTube and TED Talks, all they do is stand on a stage and tell stories. But how do we learn so much about them? How, how are they memorable? I think I saw one, a TED Talk about this guy talking about the power of burpees. And everything he said in that one resonated with me. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that there were so many benefits. I always hated the burpee like exercise movement. <laughs> but how, how do we, I guess, react to all these storytelling that happens in our society? Um, and then we want to use them in the L&D field to make more impactful training sessions for people so that way they can learn. But when does it begin and when does it end? I mean, storytelling is verbal. I'm standing up in front of a crowd telling them a story. But if I don't have a crowd, I'm not doing instructor-led training. How do I incorporate, incorporate that with e-learning? Yeah, that's, I, mean, I mean, that's a toughie. Uh, or can you? With e-learning or with like a virtual class? Either or. Mm. So any type of, if I take a micro um, learning course and I have storytelling in that, how do I implement that? Or if I am making a course in storyline, how do I incorporate storytelling into it? Because there are ways to do that. I took a gamification class and I try to incorporate storytelling into the game to make it more relevant in terms of what I wanted the learner to do. Who was the uh, who was that class through? That's through e-learning launch. Um, Alex, the gamification one, yeah. Yeah, he did storytelling. Right now, he's running the escape room, uh, which is oh, part so is of that is that Alex himself that hosts that one? Yeah. Yeah, far out. Yeah, so that was actually one of my exposures too, not through Alex's um, e-learning platform. There, that guy should be sending me money. I talk about his <laughs> his shit like half of my episodes now. Uh, <laughs> no, he shouldn't. That's fine. I'm happy to uh, talk about it because I've had positive experiences. But the uh, the ga uh, the gamification course that I had taken, there's a couple certifications that I've taken through uh, Sententia, which uh, Monica Cornetti and. Um, Jonathan, damn it, forgot his last name. Anyhow, uh, yeah, and and there was uh, in one of the one of the certifications there was a, a larger story piece that uh, you had to kind of uh, develop for the platform, and I never actually. I was so excited about the story because mm. I've dabbled in creative writing, and I was really excited about the story, but it never actually went any, like I, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to implement the program that I had hoped to, so the story was kind of just dead on the vine, but I ended up doing it out anyways, and it was gonna be a, uh, um, you know, you ask, how do you, how do you integrate a long form story? Are they always just short anecdotes? But I was going for a long form story, and I was gonna try to do like small, radio drama snippets like just listen to the 10 minute radio drama before the next session sort of thing and then i was going to just essentially try to use those elements as metaphors in the session to uh to, to bring the content through um but it's i think it's a struggle especially in a live scenario it feels a little silly I think sometimes depends on how the story plays out as to how you position that and say you know, like well, Little Red Riding Hood, she was walking through the forest. It's like, well, how do you actually tell a story to a bunch of grown-ups that's pretend supposed to be a metaphor without it sounding silly? I guess that that to me yeah. is, the, is 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 a hard part. You know, I think it just depends on on how you can pull it off. You remember Mr. Bean and having of to course. watch the shows? I mean, he didn't talk I at did. all, but yet we got the story out of him or what he was trying to do or what was going yeah. on. 
you know what? I just had the same thing happen. Like you talked about Mr. Bean. So my kids, they love Shaun the Sheep, right? I love yeah. Shaun the Sheep. I can watch it. Yep. It's it's uh, if you're not familiar, Veronica. It's like uh, if you're with Wallace and Gromit. It's the same animator animating group that did Wallace and Gromit. And they don't. There's no talking in the show whatsoever. They have like three movies where the, they tell the entire story without saying a word. And you, yeah. you can follow the story. It has the plot line of any other movie. It probably tells the story better than when somebody writes a story, <laughs> like yeah. or like writes scripts and such. Um, but so you can do it without even having, uh, you know, dialogue for sure. Um, I would suspect that the people that do that are probably the more talented storyboard people there are. Um, and, and, and they, they're very good at what they do, but it it can be done. And, you know, the story piece, I think in the e-learning is, um, you know, it doesn't have to be great. It just has to be something somebody can follow along with. Right. It doesn't, sometimes we set ourselves up that we want the super grand plan. And if it doesn't come, we get close to it, then we think it's a failure, but if it has that thread of what we're looking for and people can follow that thread, then it's a success. True. Yeah. And as a last think... resort, you can always say what people did wrong. <laughs> so you're not that person. Um, yeah, it's always fun. And to I see think trying to figure out, trying to figure out something perfect and never doing anything is worse than trying to do something and making something that works, but doesn't yeah. work exactly, exactly perfectly. You, you know, that's one of the reasons I always feel a little bit bad for the people that come through the pilot program because it's never quite there, you know? Uh, and, and through iteration, like you might, I know I've taught oh. some, some sessions like dozens, possibly a hundred times, never quite the same. And I always try to refine it a little bit, you know? So I think you just got to start Rocky and, and sketch it out and, and just bite the bullet at some point and give it a go. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Versus what worse. works, what Second doesn't best. work, and then just yeah. keep moving. That's right. That's right. Hey, speaking of keeping moving, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Um, <laughs> uh, or or any other any other final words? Maybe we'll go around the horn here. Any other final words? Um, I've said all. No, that's not true. I've said plenty, though. Um, Eli, <laughs> uh, hey, I'll, I'll start with you for final words on storytelling. Anything uh, magical or, or res, uh, resources or anything? I mean, it, you just – I think the biggest thing is becoming – you just got to tell – you know, learn how to tell a story. And it can be a story of – We got, this goes almost back to the exact same thing we talked about last week or last – podcast however many weeks ago it was where you know somebody who wants to get in to be a trainer um train somebody something like teach a kid how to make pancakes tell a story to a kid get this like learning and 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 veronica you meant you you nailed it earlier like when it when you're when you have a live audience where you can see their eyes you can see when they're engaged and when you're losing them you can kind of know when to pull the strings and push the levers on your story to kind of bring draw people in and and move things around where you can't see those faces right that does uh does that but the only way you get good Mm -hmm. at telling a story is by telling a story and yes. you know, tell it to us, tell a story to a kid, tell a story to somebody. Like it's 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 just one of those things that it's until you put it in practice, it's never you you're never going to get good at it. 
and um, whether you're putting it in live in a class, whether you're putting it on a, in an e-learning or a virtual class, you've just got to try different things and, and, and use as many ways to, to uh, feedback receptors as you can. Yeah. I'm always amazed. I said I was done. I'm not done. <laughs> I'm, <You're> never. <laughs> but I'm always amazed. No, I'm not. Uh, when I hear comedians talk about comedy, I guess I always like hearing people talk about their thing. Uh, like I like hearing radio people talk about radio. I like hearing comedians talk about comedy. And it's always amazing how refined they get to word placement. Like it sounds like it's just rolling off mm -hmm. their tongue or these random silly ideas, but their word placement, their pauses, all that stuff is just so dialed in over the course of when they work out a set. It's, it's unbelievable. There are a lot of parallels between being an instructor and being a comedian. I've decided I've listened to so much Agreed. comedy and so many comedy podcasts and behind the burden because it's all because yes. it's it's all about reaction and engagement, right? Like they're they're trying yeah. to to get the laugh. We're trying to get them to learn and be engaged. So there's a lot of parallels there. Um, and one of the biggest things that I learned a long time ago, uh, early on in my uh, beginnings in, in learning and development is if they're laughing, they're learning. So I try to incorporate as much humor as possible um, when I'm when I'm teaching. So it, there are so many parallels in in between comedians and uh, how they go about their things in the word placement, like you said, or you know how you put things in a certain order that draw that engagement to elicit the response you want. Our response we want is different, but we're still trying to elicit a response. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, I commend you for adding humor to your, uh, to your training and, uh, maybe next I try, time you, I fail a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe next time you podcast, you, you can try a little here. humor too. Well, the fail but, can be yeah, funny too. <laughs> I, I'm willing to laugh at myself. So no, that's, uh, that's sometimes that's I have no choice. An admirable quality. Um, all right, Veronica, potentially the last word over to you, I guess it depends how I feel, but, um, what, uh, <laughs> What are your, uh, what are you, any final thoughts or, or, or things that you would suggest for folks that are trying to incorporate learning into their, or, uh, humor? Uh, nope. Uh, stories. Gosh, it's late. <laughs> stories into their learning material. Um, I mean, I still recommend the book. It's a very great book to read that Rand Green has. Um, he does have a website called meetastory.com where that one's going to be like a self paced masterclass. Um, that was readastory.com. Is there something? Uh, need a story. Like I, need. I'm in need of something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Needastory.com. Um, and he does have the storytelling tour coming up, I think, in either April or May, sometime in the later part of spring, um, where he's going to pair up with Vion. And if you see that, I recommend signing up with it because you basically have sessions every week and you sign in. And he's, he's the author of a book and he's there giving you a conference about how to, how to go step by step in his book. And I haven't seen any other authors do that. I thought that was really cool of him to be able to open up a channel for people to learn. He's really passionate about it, and he shows a lot of success with incorporating it. Um, me learning this skill, um, coming in, and it's one of those things where the minute you see it, you see it everywhere. And I'm like, how did yeah. I not know this was here? Like, I listen to comedians. They tell stories. I watch TED Talk. Like, it's so ingrained into our society that we just don't know it's here. Uh, yeah. And Rance, he is, um, 
He's he's a man about town. I think he at least he headed up for a little while the uh, the Dallas chapter of ATD. I don't know if he still is, but um, and that was one of the I think that's like one of the top ten biggest ones in the country in, in the states, anyways. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, no, he, he seems like a nice guy. I haven't jumped into the ATD circuit yet. <laughs> Well, hey, don't feel obliged. We're uh, we're kind of contrarians here, anyhow. So we'll uh, we're not going to push you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Veronica, can I ask you uh, what sort of social media handles do you want to share in uh, in our podcast here for our listeners? Um, well, that's the interesting part. If you try to look me up on LinkedIn, it'll tell you I don't exist. I have hey, no, no idea why. <laughs> but um, if you just Hey, it tells me my position from a while ago. It doesn't like people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You've been canceled, preemptively canceled. Like, I will send people a link to my direct page, and it shows a little pop-up that says, profile does not exist. And I'm like, I have no idea why it says that. But if you want to add me, it's Veronica Selena Dominguez. That's my formal full name on there. There was already another Veronica Dominguez, so I was trying to separate myself. <laughs> there you go. It's good branding. Good brand. Yeah, yeah, we'll include that in the show notes again. That's mosby.ca slash 031. Anything else or are you good with LinkedIn? I'm good with LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't know if I want to share everything else. <laughs> hey, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd want to share much with our listeners either. Um, Eli, what uh, what's going on at GLF, Great Lakes Fly these days? Uh, I am uh, trying to get myself out of a rut. I have been very lack in my social media posts. Uh, So I've trying to find different ways to motivate myself. I've got uh, a big uh, order I've got to get done here in the next uh, 20 days or so. So that will, uh, I have no choice. Sometimes my best motivation is to back myself into a corner where I have no other options to come than to just complete it. And I've done that. Um, so I'm pretty sure that'll, that'll go. I've got to kick out a big, uh, a substantial order here over the next uh, couple of weeks. So that'll get me out of the rut. Probably play, be posting tons of uh, pretty fly pictures um, from that order going through. So and that's Great Lakes Fly ins- on Instagram. Yeah, Great Lakes Fly. You can do a post a day challenge. You know what? Stop pressuring my co-hosts with, with your social media challenges, Veronica. I've, you know what, though? Usually when I when I go through, when I, when I put myself in this kind of corner, I usually do. Yeah. I at least post once a day, usually. I don't like to post more than once a day, ever. But um, sometimes I get it when I'm rolling. I like to... It makes me feel good to share my work a little bit. Feel good. Nothing motivates like a deadline. That's for damn sure. Yeah. There, there's... Uh, you know, I, I heard of this advertisement a while back, a while back um, that sometimes we do our best work when, you know, you jump off the cliff and build your parachute on the way down. Yep. I, I have stolen that from you and used it in a number of places. And I love it. It's so true. Like, I do my best work. I think we've talked about this in the podcast, too, when I see the finish mm-hmm. line. Like, there is something about that where all of a sudden I'm like, all right. Let's uh, let's stiffen the spine a little bit. And let's get after it and and get it done. So, for sure. all right. Uh, so that's Great Lakes Fly for you, and uh, you can look him up on LinkedIn. It's not going to do you any good, though. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I chuckle loudly when you say, "Hey, uh, you want to engage on this post?" <laughs> nope. <laughs> <Our best. laughs> 
I tagged nope. you, bro. I tagged you. Don't oh. care. I have zero interest in online engagement. <laughs> um, if you want to engage me on LinkedIn, just look me up. It's Dan H I I starving for it. I yeah. Please, would somebody please for that? Why he wears a bow tie? <laughs> hey man, someone please engage this man. <laughs> um, you can follow me. I've only I've only reignited Instagram recently because I had to find a post for it. I saw you liked my post uh, yeah, today. Uh, you're welcome, friend. Uh, my second post of the year. Dan Talks <laughs> Training is uh, where you can find me on Instagram, Dan Talks LN, and is Nancy D L N D, Dan Talks L N D on Twitter. <clears throat> I'm not there too often, and when I do, you're probably not that interested. But uh, but that's it. So music for this episode, of course, comes from Kevin McLeod. Uh, filmmusic.io or incompetech.com is where you can get that. And he always does good stuff. This one, as you probably know if you're a aficionado, this is the show must be going. I, I still love it. Uh, it's I dig yeah, it. It's, it's awesome. Cool I dig it. All right. Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Do appreciate it. And uh, Veronica, Selena Dominguez, thank you for joining us on uh, the Mosby Winner Podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. I had a blast. Good stuff, us too. Thanks. All right, bye, everybody. You guys could say bye. You don't have oh. to. <laughs> no, but you... Bye. I'll probably cut that out. <laughs> I'm not engaging. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Someone please engage this man. You're probably not that interested. Nope. Bye. <laughs>